Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Hank Bogler, we do it Monday through Friday. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. It's not often, Hank, but today we have a listener request. I thought we'd get to it right off the bat. Hank Bogler checking in White Pine County, Nevada. Before I get to that, I have some horrible news for you. Price of uh, pigs are up and sheep are down. What would be horrible about that? That'd be atypical. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly the What's opposite. What's the bad news? I'm not coming to Nevada. My well, okay. We're in the midst of a drought, and you usually come out and make it rain for a few days. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe Let's I suffer under that one. Well, what's that worth to you? <laughs> Maybe I will back That's up and I'm come your it. way. <laughs> if you can make it rain, uh, beat on the drum or whatever you do. But this it's apropos yeah. that you're not yeah. showing up I, I, and we're in a drought and no rain in sight. I think you're reading between the lines. 75 degrees yesterday. <laughs> I think you read between the 75 lines. 75 degrees. Every year my when I come, sakes. it rains. This year, I'm afraid yep. that my my record's not going to hold, so I'm just not going to show up, and you can't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, Bob. I'll tell you what now. you got to have an electron microscope to see the grass. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. And then all the wonderful news going around about old crony. So. All right, so Wayne Smith, our buddy from Oregon, wants us to talk about the historical perspective of food. And Wayne's obviously question was about, um, uh, yeah, that's an interesting little tidbit I'm getting, uh, was about animals, but we're burying vegetables in California. I mean, food is going to waste left and right. Farmers are literally going broke. That's not just something we say. And... Um, it, it's only ever happened one time that I know of in U.S. history, right? That we're burying animals because we have no other animal? Uh, yeah. Other than a disease, uh, it, I believe it was 50 cents or a dollar fifty or something that they gave you for a sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think $5 or whatever it was for a cow. And they shot them and buried them. And at first they gave it away to different food programs or whatever to the poor and all of that and just didn't even slow down the slaughter but that was in the great depression yes so and i actually have but i I did talk to people who were a part of that and as you would write you can't just do that and be the same i mean it's going to affect you forever uh, there was a guy that was euthanizing pigs here in Nevada when I was in college, a veterinarian. And uh, it so overwhelmed him, uh, the stuff that he was euthanizing the pigs with, he euthanized himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, so, yeah. I, I don't honestly know the chicken numbers. I have a very good handle on pigs, Hank. It's going to start at a million. And I'm not talking uh, 50 pounders. I'm talking a million ready to butcher market hogs. 300, 280, 300 pounders. One million, that's a starting point. Well, 
The one that I have the most trouble with every time I listen to the news, in fact, I'm pretty well dedicated to the hunting channels now because it's not so depressing, uh, get to see some country. But if you're running a tattoo parlor or a hairdresser, and I have nothing to say, they're up for uh, these government payments. We've proved you don't have to go to Disneyland because it's closed. You can't go to Disneyland. You don't have to. You can't go to a casino in Nevada. It, it, but you got to eat every day, or your belly button bangs into your backbone. And yet, it seems like to me we got everything in reverse. Uh, where are the people that should be out either gleaning those fields, or helping harvest, or whatever it takes? to put that production out there to even if the, you had to give it to people it's to me it, it is so just like having to slaughter an animal for no other reason than no place to go or dump milk right for somebody who has the double mutant recessive gene to be in agriculture that is so counter to everything you believe in mm-hmm. everything that you stand for it's just i mean it's just mind-boggling but yet all these programs, everything, uh, and I, I willfully admit, uh, I signed up. I'm heading into a drought. My men uh, don't qualify because they were H-2A workers. Well, now they say they are. But, uh, you know, everybody's getting the, uh, something except the production. Agriculture people are the ones that should be helped. If you're going to go on welfare and there's farm crops being harvested in your area, you should have to go out and at least, if you're an able-bodied person, go out and help harvest some crops. Do mm-hmm. something. Right. But just to set, that don't make sense. It don't make sense at all. I know for a fact people are just sitting waiting for the government to do something. You know, the old apocalyptic Armageddon folks were always going to hide in the north woods and have lots of ammo because... The cities were going to invade them and, and steal everything they got. No, they're not. They're going to sit right there by the government office yeah. and scream and yell mm-hmm. that, and, and oh, until they starve to death. Right you know there. what? You actually, you just, so it's so rare that you come up with the perfect analogy, tongue in cheek. But you're absolutely right. There is no threat to somebody coming and stealing animals for food because they don't have the initiative to go find them. No. They're going to sit right there at those government offices, you know. Yeah. Anybody that wants one of those hogs that they're slaughtering, they should be. If they're going to slaughter them, give them to them. Do something. But waste well, what? I, I, actually, we're repeating some of what I had on the air uh, Friday, I guess, um, with my friend, <laughs> and she's my friend from Boston. She's talking about how hunger is magnifying in the Boston area. It's just, I said, Diane, I can load up. A thousand pigs. I can have them there tomorrow, and you can eat. Well, we can't do that. Why not? Why can't you take a pig, turn it into to your next meal for the month? Well, yep. where where would we do that? <laughs> where would we butcher a thousand pigs? I don't know, but if you're hungry enough, you'll find a way to make it work. It's that simple. I don't think this yes. is that complicated. Yes. But the bigger problem is we have good families who have been struggling to get by and getting by, producing food. And obviously I'm talking about the, those areas that are passionate to me, no different than vegetable production, but dairymen, 
chicken producers, pork producers, and beef producers are on the brink, and they're going to be pushed over the edge because of some game. And by the way, Hank, in case you missed it, Stanford University came out with a report on Friday, I think, that said, by the way, we've looked at the data, and the data says that COVID-19 has no more severe impact than that of the seasonal flu. Really? No kidding. We knew that. And yet all of this destruction for what? Because you don't like the president? Yep, you got it. Give the man a cigar. He can be taught. Yeah, yeah. We had a we had a heck of a lot more people sick. We had a lot of people die. We had a lot of people hospitalized when the Messiah, Mister Bummer, was in there. And you don't even you ask anybody. You remember the what it would they? Well, sorry, they call it the swine flu. And it was H one seven five or something. H one whatever it was. H one N one. H one N one. Nobody said a word. But boy, if they can find one more thing to smear on the president, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he conspired with Xi Jinping to make Russia mad, crash the price of oil so he could break all the people to make AOC happen. I mean, for gosh sakes, you really got to reach out in left field to get all that crap in the line. Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. Yes, sir. Taiwan did not go. Taiwan told the World Health Organization in, I think, November that there was an issue coming out of Wuhan, and it was a bad deal. Well, because Taiwan doesn't exist to the World Health Organization, doesn't exist to the Chinese, because that's where the nationalist Chinese went, Chiang Kai-shek, and all of them when we had uh, the problems with the communists taking over China. And they reported it, said it was coming. And and World Health Organization never said nothing about it. Oh, doesn't exist. Come from Taiwan. So all of these blunders had nothing to do with anything other than let's make a crisis out of this. This market is too good. Trump's going to be a shoe-in. we got to do something to hurt him. And yeah. I believe that. And I'm, that uh, makes me well, a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, meanwhile, fine. Joe Biden's T- not out tripping over his own tongue. He, I mean, it's an intention. He, he's, he's got perfect cover. I have perfect issues. We're way over time. That fast. We went through segment one. We'll continue to talk about this, Wayne. More roll route after this. Right off the bat today, I want to remind you about the Nutrition Coalition in the Trenches bringing rigorous science, trying to bring rigorous science to the dietary guidelines I think you need to be involved in this movement. If nothing else, involvement in this case means signing up for the free email so that you keep abreast of the stupidity coming from our federal government as it involves diet. NutritionCoalition.us Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Bugler, as he is every Monday. We are already to the final Monday of April 2020. Yeah, so there have been other incidents. Uh, <laughs> what? I was just going to say, Taiwan didn't shut their economy down. Nothing. Yeah. Sweden didn't shut their economy down. And Nothing. by the way, Sweden. Yes, they had people die. Sweden's automatically flattened the curve through natural exposure. And that was the answer all along. I said from the beginning, a veterinarian needs to be running this, not these medical doctors that don't have a clue. But they all want to get on cover of Rolling Stone magazine, by golly. Yeah, and this Fauci, I news. don't know who this cat is or where he came from, 
But if he's truly thinking that I'm going to carry a, a certification for immunity, he's got another think coming. Well, there is no such thing as perfect immunity. You know, if you're reusing the hand sanitizer every day, it kills 99.99% of the bugs, and one-tenth of one percent is going to mutate and come back and get them. Right. You just, you can't escape. I called my daughter yesterday. I said, how you doing, Betts? She lives in Winnemucca. Mm-hmm. How's everything with the corona deal? Well, two people have died over there. Who died? Well, they had to cut the lung out of this guy after he got stabbed 12 times. You know, nobody, there's no direct line to Winnemucca, Nevada, why anybody should have the coronies. So it's got to be out there more than we can even possibly imagine. Right. This guy tips, but he's a little bit compromised, you know? Yeah. Hey, maybe I'm a little bit compromised, but am I supposed to quit living? No, I got livestock to take care of. We're in the middle of Lama. I got four guys stuck in South America over this insanity. Uh, you know, maybe when I went to the, you know, when I went to the airport to get those guys, I was come home. I was sick for three or four days. The ones that I got out of there before the deadline, midnight, whatever it was, April something, uh, or May or March, whatever it was. But I got that one bunch of guys out of there. And I was sick for about four days. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I had it. Well, right. I haven't got time to go get tested because my, my four men are not here. So I continued to <laughs> I run mean, into people who were at uh, the National Western in Denver in January. And everybody who, particularly exhibitors who go to the National Western, always come home with, I mean, dating back to the early 90s, we'd come home and we'd expect to get the Denver crud. There is a ton of people I've talked to that said, you know, when I came home from Denver this year, I had a Denver crud like never before. I think there was the virus was circulating in Denver back in January and people had it and got immune to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Okay, the Chinese Communist government, which this is starting to make me mad. And, yes, I am married to a lady from China, but it's making me mad. I I have yet to meet a commie pinko Chinese person, but I've met 10 gazillion Chinese capitalist pigs just like live in the United States. Mm -hmm. They let the genie out of the bottle by Dong Chaoping, not Ching Jinping. Now the Central Committee, the Communist Party is trying to put the genie back in the bottle. You could take the Queen Mary over there and fill it with people that will, would get out of there in two seconds. There's too many people realize that the communism killed 50 million people, starved them to death. And then that was in the 50s. Then they had the Cultural Revolution, which is even more ridiculous. Those people people want freedom the same as everybody in the world is and it's not the first amendment that's making us free it's the second amendment there are there has to be at the bottom of the conversation what are we going to do about all the guns and what's the first thing that happened when this crap started gun sales up 400 percent so it's just this is so out of whack but i have faith in the common sense of the American people, I think they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. They know that this is a joke. And they know, <laughs> what are they giving old Nancy Fancy Pantsy? <laughs> She's got a $24,000 freezer full of $12 a quart ice cream or something. What? Thing. 
I mean, how apropos. Yeah. It's been on what? TV two or wait, three wait times. Nancy whoa, Pelosi whoa, 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 was whoa. on some talk uh, show. Uh, before we talk about Nancy Pelosi, that's the second time you've used a big word like apropos today. What are you, you aproposing going on over there? Are you studying some kind of culture that I don't know about? No, but apropos is it, it, it makes sense. It's 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 perfect. Nancy Pelosi basically is telling the American people in the biggest crisis since the Great Depression, real or contrived, and she's on the on the the talk shows showing her twenty four thousand dollar. I guess it's a freezer or a refrigerator full of ice creams from all over the world that makes her mellow so she can do her job. And she's doing that while they're trying to get some more money to whatever it is they're trying to do. I mean, yeah. it's just, well, I still it's don't know apropos. What apropos means. It's, it's Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Well, it's the same thing. It, it, it makes complete sense to her arrogance, to her level of, I'm an insider. I li- I, I'm a Washington DC swamp dweller and it and it is absolutely fits the situation it's apropos whatever that means <laughs> well dadgummit y'all y'all it makes perfectly <laughs> dang good saints now that's a now that i understood Alabama. i understood every word of that all right <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't been hanging around Nancy, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, you know how many families are not going to recover from this? A gazillion and a quarter. Yeah, absolutely. My father was 10 years old in 1929, so he he, uh, grew up with a completely different attitude in the 30s. And, and scared to death. And any time you'd say anything, oh, I'll tell you what, it won't be very long. The suit of clothes will cost you a million dollars. This thing's going to tip over. He, His whole life was based on hanging on to what he could so he could drink and gamble, I guess. But anyhow, yeah. Never did anything. Had a, a very intelligent person. Never stepped out into the mainstream. Always hid under the rug and, and lived off his mommy and daddy. And his father... When he would be holding court at the dinner table when some old friend would stop by and they'd get to reminiscing about the old days, somebody would inevitably bring up the depression right? and how horrible it was. You know what my grandpa said? Boo. The tough times were the 20s. Mm-hmm. The tough times were when everything was wrong because we had surplus after surplus after surplus. When the 30s came along, now, maybe it did. We had to slaughter some livestock. Maybe we did have to change the way we live. But he did not lose his enthusiasm for his industry. And so he said, you, it didn't matter what it was. You could buy a wiener pig worth the money, put the grain in the wiener pig, and sell the fat hog for a profit. He said it was getting a hold of the money. Right. That was the killer. Everything worked in the in, in and 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 everything was at par at parity. That if if you could buy a piece of ground, there was no blue sky attached to it. There was no person from the city jumping out to buy that piece of property out from under just you just to go and turn it into just to go hunt on it for a week, or 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 
turned it back to nature. So it was full of bugs and weeds to, to ruin the neighbor's crops. Yeah, all that stuff didn't exist. You could buy a piece of farm ground. You could farm it if you could get around the drought. It had nothing to do with the price of anything. So maybe that's where we're headed. Uh, I'm in the same boat. You know, I'm glad I got caller ID. I can look up. Oh, there's that American Ag Credit. I don't think I'm going to answer that. We'll go to <laughs> we'll go to voicemail on that one. <laughs> we'll let them talk yeah. to my answering well, machine uh, for a here's while. Here's the deal, yeah. Hank, and and you're the one that coined this phrase. I mean, you can come get my dolls and dishes if you like, but who's going to take them right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it. You know, I I have my friend. He's a banker, and he's retired now. And I said, Rick. Bank calls me. Here's what I'm going to say. You want to come and get my dolls and dishes? Go right ahead and do it. But until you can get this outfit sold, and I don't think it'll be easy to sell it right now, Yeah, you're going to have to hire me to run it for you. Right. And guess what? First thing I want is a pay raise. I ain't never working this cheap again as long as I live. And by the way, you need to find me four extra hands because I haven't found them. Yeah. <laughs> Roll route. Hank Vogler, first half is through. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Second leg of the journey. Actually, it's the third leg. Second half of the leg. Get out of here, Trent. More roll right after this. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about certified Piedmontese. Maybe this will help keep farm credit at bay. The opportunity to capture more of the value that you put into cattle when consumers are willing to pay more. Do you, the producer, get more of what they're willing to pay for? Well, if you're part of the Lone Creek Cattle Company Certified Piedmontese System, you do. You get a contract. Those calves are sired by Piedmontese bulls from Lone Creek. You have one copy of the myostatin gene responsible for tenderness thanks to the Piedmontese bulls in your calves. That qualifies you for the program. Contact Marlon. We'll get more details about how this might work for you at www. Stay off farm credit. That's the moral of the story. www.lonecreekcattleco.com. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler charging into the last week of April, the historic week of April 2020. I just, uh, all day Saturday, I talked to friends after friends who were in the pig business. One's going to put down 20,000 head of pigs this week. Another one did 12,000. And again, I'm not talking about 50-pound pigs. I'm talking about pigs that are ready to go be eaten, 280-pounders. Another friend put down 12000 well, But I got a friend that owns a, a parts of two packing plants, and they came up with a plan to continue the, what he's calling a license to operate, to continue to operate. And they're testing 100% of the employees. And they worked a deal with the state of Missouri. As long as they're testing employees, they continue to monitor them. The, they can continue to operate. Maybe not at the same level, but it doesn't matter. We just can't have all of them go dark and no place to go. And I see on the RFD TV that the profit on a steer right now being slaughtered is $477. That's got to be a record. Mm -hmm. That has got to be out in the uh, ionosphere. For goodness sakes, the feeders are losing money, even with the cheap corn. But to have that kind of a profit margin, and Um, yet, uh, Let me back back up, because this is a whole other conversation. Uh, I did talk to one of the largest cattle feeders last week as well. And the cattle they're selling this coming week, they're still making a profit on. Because they had their homework done. When they bought them, they sold them, and they had it locked in. 
you know, I still say a lot of our own problem we bring about ourselves because you could have locked in a profit on these cattle that are going to town now. Yeah, absolutely. And how would you like to have been long in the in the oil market? Oh, man. I mean, when it got below $34 a barrel, uh, below zero, you know, call up the bulk plan and say, hey, bring me 4,000 gallons of fuel and uh, I'll take $1,000. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you, but somebody somebody made some money. If you sold that deal short, yeah. you hit a home run. But if you were long in the oil market, you got your head handed to you. You're now in the soup kitchen line. Well, ironically, I talked to a guy in the petroleum business who uh, I just won't name him, but he's in charge of petroleum for one particular state. And he said, man, that, that was a day. The day it went to, what, 35, negative 35? But he said, At one time, I think it hit 37. He Boy, said, zero. Trent, <laughs> it's going to turn out to be the best thing that happened because even though we were at $20 a barrel, people were still not shutting off the spigots. He said it went to negative 37 or 35, whatever it was. People shut off the spigots. He said it, it will probably turn out to be the best thing that ever happened. Wow. Again, but it's capitalism. It wasn't the government calling it up. And if the government exactly. has any brains, the... The oil reserve should be absolutely full. Absolutely. And I guarantee you China's every are. note, when you have 1% one, 1 interest rates, the government, even though they're taking money like magic, like, you know, the, the emperor's new clothes, spinning straw into, into gold, mm -hmm. they take the money out of one pocket and put it in the other and then pay it back out of money out of the first pocket. So whatever they're doing, they should be refinancing everything. At 30 right. years with a $20 trillion budget at the cheapest rate in the world. I mean, all of these things. They're, they're, but again, why in the world does it get on national TV that they're trying to get around the rules and regulations to where they can slaughter a steer and, or a, an animal in Wyoming and sell it to you? You can't do it in several states. You can come out and pick one of my sheep to, to follow all the rules. I can help you slaughter it. But you have to pick out that sheep. You can't call me up and say, hey, butcher me a lamb. Mm -hmm. Why? Government rules and regulations. Yes, maybe one in the 100,000, just like the coronies, was, uh, is going to come down with something. Get, get a bad bite, let it spoil, whatever happened. But all the rules and regulations that put all the small packing outfits out of business yeah. are still in place, and you can't get around them. So there are so many things that could be done. But we can't be bragging that we're having the best year ever. Instead of 70,000 new rules and regulations last year, we only had 2,900 or 29,000 or whatever that figure was. It's dropped. It should be near zero. We can no longer say we got to get the government to fix this. The government will fix this. No, the government won't. The government will create a bureaucracy, will create a situation that will keep their jobs. You know of any government guys that's got laid off? You know no. anybody, any state, federal, city government that's laid off? Anybody no. that's standing uh, in the welfare line? Hey, hey, how about the this analogy? 
Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the same week that all media was trying to say the home of this Smithfield hog plant, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, is the fourth largest hotspot for COVID in the country. It's a problem. It's a wreck. You know what the medical community in Sioux Falls, South Dakota did that week, Sanford and Avera Health? They furloughed 1,000. 1,000 people in the medical community because they had nothing to do. Well... What about if you're running a nursing home? I, I, I'm i sorry. And this is probably going to make people tell you to never speak to me again. But doggone it, I'm 71 years old. Actually, I'm dyslexic. I'm only 17. You don't want to be anyhow, 17. You do not want to be 17 years old. In <laughs> I don't want to be 71 real bad either, Trent. <laughs> you want to trade? <laughs> I, I'm fine with being 71, but I don't want to jump there. I want to live every year for, to its fullest. I do too, but I, yeah. I'm just being facetious. But the last thing, I've been to nursing homes, visited relatives and friends in nursing homes, and I don't want to I don't want to go there. I want to be riding out across the desert and fall off my horse. I, I don't want to, you know, and, and all it looks like to me you're doing is people who put these nursing homes together, you're making their Beamer payment. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Nobody wants to be there. I can't Absolutely. imagine anybody wanting to sit drooling in a bowl of mush, crap in your pants, all that, all those things, waiting to die. Yeah. Now, if the coronavirus is a little overloaded on that side of the equation, I'm very sorry. But I think in the bottom of anybody's heart, any family relative that's gone in there and watched a once healthy, viable human being, if you're going to have to destroy an animal, we are the cruelest animals on earth mm-hmm. to allow that to happen. If I had, when my old horse got down, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't put him down. I, there's no way. I had to ask Leo to go put my horse down. Yeah. And I bawled like a baby. So it's the same thing. There's an emotional attachment. But I could not stand to see my horse standing out there getting pores of crow. Nothing I could do except put him out of his misery. And if this coronavirus comes along, and even if it puts me out of my misery, if that's such a thing, then yeah. so be it. You but make seem, it beamer payments. You don't seem to be so miserable. No. No, at least I got most of my facilities. Of course, some of them I never did have, so it didn't matter anyhow about some of it. But, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, I, it's I, just I, nuts. I want to come back and revisit something else that we were there, but we left it. I see a lot of people posing on social media sites that the USDA is mandating the killing and euthanization of these animals and that they're telling vets to stand guard. We're going to kill fat cattle, too. Okay, USDA is not mandating anything. The farmer has no place to go with said animal. And so the USDA hasn't even been very helpful. FEMA, by the way, now is starting to help pork producers just to protect the the environmental aspects of this. But there is no federal mandate to kill animals. This is all a function of the bottleneck and the problems that we have in the system. I, I just want to be very clear on that because I see people getting confused. And this week is going to be even worse than last week, Hank. I mean, you're going to see people come out of the woodwork. It's going to be a very emotional week, period. Yeah. I mean, and it, there, there, there's no way around it. The suffering, at the end of the day, you have to look at your own whole card. <laughs> 
uh, the bank doesn't want them. Nobody wants them. Mm-hmm. You, you can't get rid of them. It's just all tied up, all based on the fact that it's national news. And if we can smear this on the Republicans or the Trumps or whatever we can do, that's what we're going to do. And I don't trust any of them. I don't trust any of those people that they're talking to. I, I mean, how, why is Taiwan not got its shorts in a knot? Why, why is Sweden not having any more problems than usual? Uh, you know, there are so many variables on this. It just does not make any sense to anybody that can breathe and chew gum at the same time. Well, it makes Other perfect sense it, to just, people who they are, tried to, look at the big picture. And what is the big picture? Destroying there, the you, greatest economy the yes. earth has ever had for political yes. gain? Yeah. Uh, I, I hearken it back to, and I don't think I would have a vision on this had I not lived on a reservation for five years. The problem with reservation politi- or poverty in the United States is the fact that the people who are in power don't want the, their own members to gain any independence because they lose power. And we have a movement. And it's not just in the United States, by the way. We have a global movement to take control of the the elites managing the masses. That's what it's about. Seriously. Yeah. You, you can call it a conspiracy it theorist all you want. The the proof is in the pudding. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody wants to give up power. And for whatever reason, you got a man that had power, knew how to play the inside straight. All of those things. And for some reason, stepped up and said, you know what? If we keep doing what we're doing, we're all going to be slaves. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can stop this. And so he stepped up. And yes, what did he expect? What did he expect except the absolute crushing blows thrown at him from every direction, whether it be the, the compromised press or whatever you want to call them, to the elites? People with $24,000 ice cream refrigerators that let them eat cake. You know, I mean, they, they have no idea what the normal family. And guess what? This time is different to me than what I've read about the Depression. We will the pick it up right the there when we return with the last segment of Roll Route. And I don't think it was Marie Antoinette that first said, let them eat cake. We'll decide when we get back to the last segment after this. I just want to give a shout out to all of the families that we met over the weekend delivering those pig challenge pigs. I hope you caught loose tails earlier today. The pig challenge is all about teaching young people about production agriculture, in this case, pig production. And there will be a component of carcass evaluation and feeding some needy folks at the end. Exarbon 2020, the Exarbon Stock Show, Grand Island, Nebraska, the last weekend in September. We're going to make this one to never forget by the time the last week of september rolls around in 2020 everybody's going to want to be at a place like exarban fellowship with friends and teaching kids about the future exarbanstockshow.com entries are still ways off but be planning now get your critters secured if you don't have them welcome back to roll routes look at that just like that we're into the final segment hank vogler Every Monday, 17 years, every Monday, he hasn't had a better thing to do than sit here and pontificate on the future, reflecting upon the past. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a ship, uh, 135 pairs in about an hour, and I've got an hour drive to get there to put them on the trucks. 
So, but I, but I, I save this because it gives me the opportunity to make myself or, or anyhow to air the betting for the next week. So, if you tell me that it wasn't Marie Antoinette, <laughs> and and, and you are going to tell me it wasn't Marie was, Antoinette, are you going to tell me it was Betty Crocker? It was some <laughs> queen. It was a royalty. Mm-hmm. They were getting ready to hang them. Yeah. French Revolution. Right. And how are you going to feed the people? And she said, well, let them eat cake. You know, everybody thought the Bastille was a prison. I believe it was an exclusive club for the elitist. When they stormed the Bastille, they didn't storm a prison. They stormed where all the French elitists hung out, oh. brought them out and cut their heads off. Ceausescu, Ceausescu, the, the American Red Cross, they cut his head off. I think his wife's head off, and that was in the 80s, whenever, whenever I think it was Czechoslovakia or one of those Soviet satellite countries. They cut his head off. And they, the Red Cross shows up and hands out oranges to the kids. Kids didn't even know what an orange was. They thought they were orange balls, and they threw them at the ground, and they broke open. And then the fight was on. I mean, there's... There's all sorts of anecdotal things of what happens when finally people have had a gut flow. And I think that's where we're at. All the rules and regulations finally has touched everybody. Whether you're an oil field worker and you have AOC jumping up and down happy that, that, that everybody's going to go broke and the Green New Deal is just jumping through hoops and happy as it can be because there's no pollution and all of these things. Okay. But what's the logic? Do we put everybody in a soup line? I mean, that's Soylent Green. Did you ever hear of that movie? No. The Soylent Green was is they everybody had to get in line under a complete totalitarian regime, mm -hmm. not unlike North Korea, right. and stand in line. Well, the people at the back of the line would starve to death. So they would grind them up and feed them to the people in the front of the line. Are you ready? <laughs> well, are we headed there? I don't know what to go where to go with that other than I, I want to go back to Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Betty Crocker. Okay, Betty Crocker said it. Okay, know. this is according Maybe to Pillsbury Doughboy. Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> For one thing, uh -oh. the original phrase that Marie Antoinette supposedly said, and it's in French here, I, I'm not even going to begin to try to tell you what it says doesn't translate exactly into let them eat cake. It translates into let them eat broche. Of course, since broche is a rich bread made with eggs and butter, almost as luxurious as cake, it doesn't really change the point of the story. But the queen would not have referred to a sort of dessert that English speakers often imagine. <laughs> it's the best I can do in proving you're wrong. I don't think I'm going to get there. More so. <laughs> Morceaux, peace. Donnez-moi un morceau. Yeah. And Marie Antoinette was a queen, not uh, a 60s movie star. That... Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were going to pull out <laughs> Betty Crocker, the Pillsbury Doughboy. No, that's so, Mar Marilyn okay. Monroe, maybe. All right, so there was something was serious that we were going to do, and now I lost it because it let them eat cake. All right. All but right. again, who was feeding when you get so far... The, the Chinese? Uh, it was sort of a, it was a fictional movie oh. called Soyuk Green. And it was, but it was about 
the ultimate starvation because you take all the incentive away from people, whether you're running a saloon or running a grocery store or a restaurant or anything, you take everybody's incentive away from him. Mm -hmm. And and eventually everybody winds up at the soup kitchen. So at basically, and I'm paraphrasing completely at the, the, what it was is they fed him this kind of slurry, uh, green. And all it was, was the people were all lined up to get their bowl of food, but they were grinding up the people at the back end that were starving to death because they didn't have enough soup to go around to feed to the people at the front of the line. Well, my first and thought in is a there totality, wouldn't be a lot of nutrition there. Probably not. You know, yeah. uh, again, whatever it was, the, it was very poignant that, you know, you cannot live like they do in North Korea, mm-hmm. pulling grass up to take it home and make tea out of it. It doesn't work. Uh, eventually, they will collapse, whether uh, Ding Dong 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 or whatever his name is tips over. Uh, and eventually... Uh, if China would leave it alone, uh, China doesn't want South Korea at their border. I mean, anybody that sees outside of their their regime don't want to go back. Their middle class is middle class, but by our standards, it would be lower class just because they have jobs. They can own a car. They can own furniture, all of those things. They got them and they want more of them. That's, that's free enterprise. And when they run into the government, because they're unarmed, have no way to defend themselves, and if they say anything, they will wind so, up in some sort of a concentration camp. So right. they just go around the government. Let's go back to the Great Depression for a moment, because okay. you know everybody today has, the, and I already threw out a conspiracy theory, it's a global elitist wanting to control and create slaves of the rest of us. So that's precipitated by the instant communication that we have today through social media venues. Somebody has a thought, whether it has fact or not, you post it and it has a million impressions. And so you create this, this conspiracy theory, whether it's proven or not proven. There was no internet. There wasn't even a phone to speak of at the great depression. Do you suppose in conversations with your father or grandfather, was there ever that theory that the great depression had this, global or even national conspiracy to control people? Are we reliving some of that as well? The only thing I can remember is the Bolsheviks. Mm-hmm. And Grandpa telling Grandma while he was working in California to that Roosevelt was a Bolshevik, but he was on a wet ticket. They were going to repeal prohibition. So in his mind, there was an opportunity to make some money by going around uh, the Volstead Act that had been in charge during the Roaring Twenties, right. but people were working. The market got overheated. There, I never, you know, but yeah, it was the Bolsheviks that were making inroads in in the United States. I think it, Woodrow Wilson was the, the original progressive, and it was the same thing: elitists controlling everything. And he got his head handed to him. You know, they, they turned him out. But uh, League of Nations, all the things he tried to do, then that was the Roaring Twenties wasn't very long after he got out of the presidency. And the next thing you know, uh, yeah, it was control in that respect. And Hoover uh, got all the blame uh, for it. And so they got rid of him and, and got 
the Bolshevik as far as my grandfather was concerned. But we'd had a worse de- stock market crash, I think, in 1907 as far as wiping out, you know, kind of wiping the slate clean and everybody got to start over again. Uh, but there were people that put their money, uh, oh. Carnegie and them. You know what? I just thought of this, and, and I've always been a huge fan of Theodore Roosevelt, never FDR. But 1907 is Theodore Roosevelt era of presidency, and then you come into the Bolshevik Franklin D. Roosevelt. There's a Roosevelt involved both times. Yeah. Well, and and Theodore Roosevelt was the great conservationist, a great hunter. Do you ever see a picture of him hunting without dogs? No. There was no fair chase in those days. <laughs> so, I mean, was... there's a there's been a skewing of history for years. Fair chase was something, at the end of the day, you had an, uh, a morsel to eat. That was fair chase. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, you, you, you bait up a... A pig, you bait up an elk, you bait up a deer, but you got to eat something for dinner. <laughs> yes, sir, Bob. That, yeah. So again, yeah, there was that kind of a. Uh, it, maybe it wasn't as prevalent, but but they were organizing labor completely and uh, and blaming everything on those nasty Herbert Hoover, Herbert Hoover. In fact, they tried to Hoover Dam. He's the one that got that going, I guess, or, or their early survey. They wanted to change that. They, they didn't want that. Or that was he was a bad guy. Well, they blamed it all on him. The press of the day, uh, I think Horace Greeley used to pay Karl Marx to write for him. Yeah, it, this is nothing new. This is just another go around. It just we tamped it down last time, and God help us if we can't tamp it down again this time. So. That uh, that brain of that accumulation of mush in your head is just quite amazing. The panic of 1907, this is the global financial crisis which inspired monetary reform uh, and led to the creation of the Federal Reserve. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try and get my mush straightened around. Yeah, I just don't know how you just pull all of this stuff up because you had no idea we were going to talk about this, and yet here you are. But the panic, it's called the Banker's Panic of 1907. Yes, sir. Uh, I've told you for 17 years. Of course, you've never listened to me for 17 years. It really doesn't matter. But I've always told you if it has absolutely zero value or zero meaning, (laughs) I can remember every pound of it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I never heard so, anything about the 1907 panic of the bankers. It all started in I, New York. I'm City. not so sure. Yeah. And anyhow, yeah. And there, I think that uh, great fortunes were wiped out. Well, there's going to be some great fortunes wiped out in this. And there will be some people that will hover and hang on to whatever money they've got and never do anything. But there will be people that will step out. And they will do things and they will. And in 30 years from now, people will be saying, God dang, that Hank Vogler is 101 years old. No, <laughs> they'll be saying, you know, that's the new Wozniak and Jobs. That's the new Bill Gates, all of that. But you don't see Bill Gates wanting to give up his fortune or, or his position in the world. I mean, these are just human, human, human thoughts. Uh, you don't want to lose what you've got. So people, even at the bottom of the rung, 
will hang on. But they'll be just like they went, the, the bankers went to my grandpa and said, Hank, how many do you want? How many of these ranches you want? How much of this farm ground do you want? He said, well, I'm going to need money. Well, you never did declare bankruptcy. You were always a straight shooter and a good farmer. We'll turn them over to you, and we'll talk about it later. And he that, took off and running. That's absolutely where we will pick it up next time. Took off and running. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. For Hank Bogler, I'm Trent Luce. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a rollout.